0: thanks for stopping by i'm cory edwards a -a one-of-a-kind collectible that's what i like to think of myself as so are you aren't we all aren't we all one-of-a-kind collectibles I got collectibles on the brain because uh, my guest today knows a lot about collectibles, so we're going to be talking about that and how yesterday's trash is today's treasure. Things that you paid a few bucks for are worth a lot more now if you go to the right uh, the right swap meet, the right Comic-Con. Uh, there's always a discussion of whether you uh, like to keep things in the package or not. I, I knew uh, a guy uh, that would always keep all the boxes for his laptop, his... Uh, headphones all his electronics and i'll admit i like a good iphone box the box the iphone comes in the apple people they know how to package things their packages are uh fantastic <laughs> don't take that out of context um but wow i just love a nice solid box or like a well thought out ergonomically cool uh, piece of styrofoam that grips the product but especially if you're collecting uh toys or spaceships or action figures uh sometimes the packaging is pretty too it's pretty too i don't know what that is um that i i don't know that i i've never collected things to just resell them later like i where i'm recording right now you can't see this uh but see with your ears if you will uh i have a a, a big old ikea cube shelf You know those giant, uh, it looks like a bunch of cubes, and it's a cube shelf behind me. And in all the cubes, I have many, many toys, many, many uh, collectibles from yesteryear, from yesterday. Uh, Some books that I love uh, on on movies and uh, Lucasfilm and The Muppets. And then I have like, you know, like a die-cast Millennium Falcon. Um, I got a Cyberman helmet. I got vintage rocket ships, just stuff that makes me happy. And by all means, that stuff is out of the box, because you got to... Pick it up and play with it. You do. You gotta. You gotta fly that rocket ship around. You gotta. You gotta pick up that ray gun and go pew pew and point it at people. Uh, not not in an angry way, in a fun way. So I have a hard time. You know, I do love packaging, and I and I've saved a lot of boxes just because then I keep change and stuff in them because they're cool looking. Um, but uh, I think that uh, my love of 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 that probably came from. My mom uh, she would um, she would give gifts of, of money or a gift certificate to somebody, and uh, she taught me how to be really creative with that because uh, mom would send us uh, some money, um, but maybe it was for um, we she knew we were saving up for a mountain bike and uh, or e- even even uh, when we were younger, you know uh, you can't wrap a mountain bike. A mountain bike is big, it's ridiculous and the, you want to go out and pick out your own mountain bike anyway. so then she gives me some money. And, but but takes the time to go out and buy a teeny tiny toy bicycle, and like wrap the dollar bills around it, or do something like that. It's just something fun, um, and and that, that's always fun. I remember um, uh, right around the time when all your friends are graduating, either you've just graduated from high school, and uh, some of your friends uh, a few years behind you are graduating. Everybody expects money. You know, there's two places people expect you to just give them money. And that's at, at, at weddings and graduation. And frankly, it's a really simple gift. Um, it's, it's, it's it's cheesy and doesn't show a lot of effort for other events, for birthdays and anniversaries. Uh, you know, just just money in an envelope. Uh, I appreciate it. Don't get me wrong. If you want to give me money, please do. But that extra level is to take the money and do something fun with it. Um, We have, uh, my wife and I have tried to keep this tradition alive. We'll uh, take some some dollar bills, some tens, some fives, whatever we're giving uh, to a kid for their birthday, if we have to do that, and uh, fold them up so that George Washington, Ben Franklin, Andrew Jackson, they're all kind of, maybe they're all peeking out of a submarine that I've drawn on the side of the card. And uh, they're yelling something like, show me the money! You know, little speech balloons coming out of their mouths. Um, I do remember though when one of my friends graduated... Uh, We wanted to give him a bunch of money, but I knew he loved action figures. And this ties into our guest today, collectibles. And so I actually took like a a fairly cheap action figure I found somewhere at Kmart. Back in the days when Kmart was everywhere, I always went to Kmart for my action figures. And kind of peeled uh, the the little bubble, the bubble uh, uh, on the front of the card, the collector card of the action figure. You peel that bubble off, get the action figure out wrap the action figure in like a tunic of $10 bills. So he had like a little cape and a little jacket, but it was all like $10 bills or $20 bills wrapped around the action figure. So it might've been like 30, $40 that we were giving him for, for graduation. Uh, I don't know what it was, you know, um, and put it back in there. And then I did, and then I worked on the artwork, which was kind of like the card. I didn't have a card. The artwork of the action figure card was a was a figure named like the graduate exclamation point and then it did like a little drawing of this action-packed graduate in a robe in the flat hat jumping into his future and there was an action figure on there so that's always fun when you can uh, find a way to give somebody something in a in a fun package um and so that leads me to a, a very recent story so my wife knew and she encouraged everybody for my birthday she said hey you know you know what Corey's collecting now He's collecting uh, fun shoes. Like he loves, and that's true, I love uh, kicks as the kids call them. Uh, the high tops, the, uh, the Air Jordans. I got a couple Air Jordans of crazy colors. And I've seen that a lot of creative people, even up at the executive level, you know? They wear the suit jacket. They wear the really nice jeans or the, the khakis. or It's usually with jeans. But like Jeffrey Katzenberg does this. You know, Jerry Seinfeld does this. So it's good enough for me. We're kind of a, a contemporary, uh, a business casual look. And then at the bottom, bam, orange sneakers. Bam, really white sneakers with a, with a brilliant blue stripe on them. I just love that. So I've got, uh, I've got some yellow high tops. I've got some uh, red and white uh, 1995 Air Jordans. I mean, I didn't get them in 95. They, they, they put out a vintage line. So I'm not a sneakerhead uh, uh, by any means because I don't have the money to have, like, a room full of shoes But I've got some iridescent purple Nikes, you know, that when it's party time, I I put them on. So so my wife knows that I love shoes and would love to go pick out a pair of cool kicks for myself. So she encourages friends and relatives, let's all give him money for a pair of cool kicks. So in keeping with this tradition of fun packages, um, trying to keep the theme here, she gets this little tiny pair of baby shoes. She finds some cheap shoes, but they're teeny tiny. They're tiny So that, you know, they're like $10, $20 at Target. Uh, Because we go to Target now. We don't go to Kmart because the Kmarts are a rare species these days. Out in the wasteland somewhere. It's hard to find a good Kmart, but you can find a Target. So she gets these cheap little baby shoes and she packs all the money inside the shoes. (laughs) Haha, isn't that funny? I'm giving you money for shoes inside some shoes. But so it's a little box. So it looks like a present that I don't know what it is. And that fools me. So I open it up. But... Out of context, when a man opens up a present from his wife and inside it are baby shoes, it's kind of like pulling out a onesie or pulling out a baby bottle. Like I'm not thinking about shoes; I'm thinking about the tiny baby feet that go in these shoes. So I open up this package and I'm looking at baby shoes, and she's smiling because she thinks I'm. She thinks he's going to look in there and he's going to see the money for the shoes, and he's going to go, "Ah, shoe money." But I'm looking at baby shoes and I look up at her and I look at the baby shoes and I look at her and I say, uh, is there something you want to tell me? And she still doesn't understand the connections I'm making. And so she's like kind of figuring it out. And then, and then I see a second later, her eyes get real wide and she says, oh, 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 no, 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 it's not what you think. No, we are not having a baby. no. I got a fifteen-year-old and a twelve-year-old, and um, that's enough right now. That's enough, um, and a dog. So maybe a cat someday, but 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 a fresh, brand new baby. We haven't discussed that. We haven't said we're ready for that again. We may never uh, do that again. That way. so. Uh, but that's all I'm thinking of. And she just, well, she just starts laughing. We both laugh for like ten minutes because she's like, "Oh my gosh, no, no, this is how I would tell you." Are you open a box of baby shoes a surprise—we have another human being to take care of for eighteen years, a brand new one. Uh, nope. And so, hey, I love babies, and if we had another baby, I would, I would, I would be all in, and I would, I would, I would accept that, and I would be like, "Yay, new baby! Here we go into the adventure." But I was surprised. Surprised is the best word I can use, right now. Um, you know, I could. I could, uh, I could pick up some chopsticks with my butt cheeks at that moment. I was like, what? What are you saying? And so when, when she said, no, 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 look inside. There's money, money. Ah, oh, I'm not having a baby. I'm going to go out and buy a cool pair of kicks. Uh, so it was very funny. We still laugh about it. And uh, So you got to be careful what kind of package you're putting the money in, folks. You don't want to send a bad idea. And guys, if you're going to do something fun and you put it in a teeny tiny box, the tinier the box gets, guys, she thinks it's jewelry. So don't don't make it a teeny tiny box. And then inside is like a gift card to a bookstore or Starbucks. If if it's a tiny box, it better have something from Tiffany's in there. Which I, you know, if, if somebody gave me jewelry, I'd be like, oh, wow, cool, something shiny to put on my finger i guess or oh cool necklace like women they it doesn't matter who they are e- even if women are like i'm not into jewelry even if women are like i'm not a flowers and jewelry girl if she gets flowers or she gets jewelry it's a big deal she loses her mind it is a big deal and it, and and i don't get it i don't get it at all i'm like yeah it's pretty um <laughs> if it were in the shape of a millennium falcon now we're talking uh, and then I, of course I would keep the box, which, uh, circles me back around, uh, to collectibles and boxes. So, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't keep all the boxes though. Some I do cause we've moved so many times, you know, when you, when you have a, uh, of the hut uh, desert skiff, it helps to keep the box cause those things are delicate and you got to pack them back up to, for safe transport to the next place. Um, you know, if you've got a, uh, an X-wing helmet. You want to keep that box because you don't want that bouncing around the back of your car when you're moving to the next place. So yeah, so um, that's it. That's it. And one, one of my favorite pictures at Comic Con, they had a they literally set up a giant action figure package, a giant a giant card with the bubble pack on the front, the action figure card, and it was like uh, twenty feet tall. And then the 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 little bubble pack on the front. I don't even know if that's the right term. But that little plastic bubble on the front, that's like about six feet tall. And you can step inside and get your picture taken. And I think they had like a, a you know, generic Luke Skywalker Star Wars card that they had blown up. Um, but I, I posed with a uh, Starbucks to-go cup in my hand. Because if I was an action figure, you, they would sell me in a hoodie. And my accessory w- would be a Starbucks to-go cup uh, uh, attached to my hand or it, it either my, my hand would be in a permanent grip that you could stick the plastic cup in or if you want to go old school my hand would have a teeny tiny little hole in the center of it and the starbucks cup would have a peg and you go and you just pop it right in there and that'd be my accessory and uh it's a uh hoodie cory with coffee you know if you were collecting all the cory's uh that would probably be the first one that is sold and then you know eventually it'd be like um uh, you know uh uh pitch meeting Corey, with cool kicks uh, but mostly it'd be hoodie Corey. and these days i don't know i think uh we'd be making a lot of action figures of pajama pants Corey, because that's I, I love that I, I really wish that trend would start where we could all just go to work in our pajama pants because for the, the fact for the past year and a half we all got really used to that can we admit that that now we're all starting to go back to offices at least a little bit now and a lot of people don't want to do it or they're like you know what if we do can we just like make pajama pants a thing because i'm really happy with the pajama pants anyway but i, I digress um i want to get to my guest uh today he's a he's a fun guy he's had a very uh, colorful past and present as he is working in the world of um conventions uh comic book conventions toy collector conventions and he's rubbed shoulders with a lot of the uh celebrities of uh sci-fi and fantasy of yesteryear uh, so let's get to it and uh and uh let's get to it <music> If you're into pop culture or you're a nerd or you're just really, you love comic books or you love uh, anything in the genre world, then you've probably been to a convention, but you've never been to as many conventions as my next guest. My next guest is Scott Kinney, and not only has he worked in the business, but now he is in the business of making conventions come to life. And I'm here on location at the Plano, it's the
1: Retro Expo? Yeah, Retro Expo. It's at the Plano Event Center in Plano, Texas.
0: This is awesome. I, you just walked me around. Thanks for being on my, my teeny tiny little show.
1: Oh, yeah, it was great. Uh, it's been a long time. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've known each other. We've known each other a long time.
0: I'm trying to even think how long we've known each other, but it's been a couple of decades. Mid, mid-90s. Yeah. yeah. Your other claim to fame is that you are a creator-producer of a show called Pop Culture Quest, which can people still find it?
1: Yeah. Uh, if you look on YouTube, if you uh, go on YouTube, type in Pop Culture Quest, you'll find it. Yeah. And uh, you were actually able to uh, – well, produced by Howard Kazanjian too,
0: who you may know, he produced little films like uh, Return of the Jedi, Raiders of the Lost Ark, or was it Temple of Doom where he came No, off.
1: Raiders. Raiders, yeah, The yeah. original, yeah.
0: Yeah, so big producer. And then you guys got a host, a, a, a little actor you may know as Mark Hamill. Um, and that was – I mean – you you have been... Um, you're, you're a writer and you're a creator and you've, you've pitched your own stuff uh, for years and years and years. But um, how did you... I guess it was through Howard that you got to know Mark and say, you want to come do this collectibles show?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, ha- Howard and I were working on the show together and uh, Howard is, of course, friends with Mark Hamill. They worked <laughs> on a couple films together. And he is the one that proposed bringing Mark in to pitch uh, Mark on the show. And I knew... Mark was a collector. Yeah. I already That's knew the amazing that. thing is he's been in these kind of
0: movies, mm-hmm. but then he kind of is a fan too.
1: Yeah. He, he was collecting before he was Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a Beatles collector. He loves monsters, like uh, the, the old Universal monster movies, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah.
0: He's like, he's old school. Yeah.
1: He, yeah. And he collects comic books. And in fact, I went to a, a comic book store in um, California called Heidi Ho Comics Oh yeah, in Santa Monica, and uh, I walked in the store and Mark had just been there like five minutes before. I missed him totally. Yeah, and but they had some sign he, he'd signed some books and but you know he goes there and shops. Yeah, so that's amazing. You you've had a
0: couple of well now in the in the in the con world in the world of conventions I'm sure you've had a lot of amazing interactions. But I remember, I remember you showing me a picture of you it's like it's an old picture of teenage you and George Lucas in a mall. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like where was that mall that you? I was on my honeymoon. I was like, <laughs> I was like twenty-two years old, and I was uh, on my honeymoon in Hawaii, and I was at a shopping mall. And I saw George Lucas in the shopping mall with his family. And I, I, I told my wife, I said, I, I've got to go say hi to him, I, which is ridiculous that I even you know, had to go bother this guy with his face. He had his wife and his kids and everything yeah. with him. So I walk up to him, you know, and I'm like, Mr. Lucas. <laughs> you know, and he. He did this thing with his wife where he kind of gave his wife a glance and she took the kids and, and took them into a store and stayed there with me for a second, you know. So yeah. he just had the signal, you know, already planned out with his wife, like, give me a minute, or what, this geek, this geek <laughs> you know. But he was really nice. He, You know, he took the time, said hi, shook my hand, and I said, can I get a photo with you, and and he, he did that. But what was so funny was uh, he was trying to be real low-key, like he was looking around. You know, yeah. to make sure a crowd wasn't forming or whatever. And uh when I parted ways with him, I said, Goodbye, Mr. Lucas <laughs> like Jerry Lewis, you know, like really loud. <laughs> <You know? laughs> bye space bye, space father. <laughs> yeah. And he did this double take like <laughs> <laughs> He like
0: he, he he like leaped into a into a, a rack of pants so yeah. that nobody could see him.
1: <laughs> but this was during the the Star Wars dark era, you know, the, yeah. the early 90s when yeah. nothing was coming out. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, uh, uh, for, for people listening, uh, just before I was – I came out here to just to say hi and we haven't seen each other in a while. And you walked me around the convention floor here in Plano at the Retro uh, Expo. Is it, it's Retro Expo. Yes. But yes. it can be a retro fest, right? Yes. But this is an expo. It's an expo. What's the difference between an expo and a fest? It's bigger. Okay. <laughs> where you walk me around and all the vendors are getting their stuff out. And I'll tell you what, I become like 12 years old again when I see the big plastic toys and all the boxes come out. And, oh, my gosh, it's an old Battlestar Galactica figure. Um, but we were, we were just talking about how, um, you know, it's, it's hard to – I talked about this on a past show where, like, uh, th- things, things start small and then they just get bigger and bigger and bigger um, to where Comic-Con is really kind of difficult to go to. But um, you've been running this con – not that you're running a con that sounds like you're a con man that you run a con yeah you're not swindling people this is you running a convention and um, but you do it all over the all over the nation right
1: yeah i mean primarily around this part of the country i haven't done any you know like in florida or california or whatever but you know arkansas missouri texas oklahoma i've done in new mexico colorado
0: yeah well and it it's i i when i was growing up i was like oh i can never get to one of those conventions because it's either in new york or or Los Angeles. And I think if you look around and wherever you live, there's probably one within driving distance sometime during the year that you oh, could yeah. go to.
1: Yeah, especially now. They're, they're popular now. You know, uh, when I started doing like comic book shows uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma in the, in the mid-90s, uh, we got our attendance up to about 3,000 people. Yeah. Uh, and that was a lot of people for a show. Back then, it was just, it was really nerdy you know it's just like they weren't as common and now every major city and every mid-sized city has an annual show everyone yeah Yeah.
0: do you have to you you uh, at least in past places you have lived and if you follow scott on twitter or on social media he will occasionally post like this gigantic room full of stuff you have a sizable collection yourself
1: yeah yeah and i i'm a collector and i wanted to create a collector show, like a collector-centric show, Yeah, which is a little different, um, you know, because if you're into meeting celebrity guests, that's one thing, and we, we do have celebrities at some of our shows, but um, the mom-and-pops uh, is what I call them. The mom-and-pop vendors have been kind of priced out of the big, big Comic-Cons. Yeah.
0: So this is kind of a place for them to be. Yeah. And I noticed even as we were walking around, man, if, you, if you've been slow... The, the con isn't even going yet. This is, we're at pre-con where we're like, like – all the vendors are setting up. If you slow down in front of one of the tables of these guys, they will just start talking to you about their favorite thing. Yeah. And uh, we stopped by. There was a table of like – what was it? He was saying a show or, that I didn't know. It looked like Buck Rogers, the oldest of Buck yeah, Rogers Captain, stuff.
1: Captain Video. I Captain think. Video. Yeah.
0: But what was he calling it? Uh, he was calling it, it uh, by another name. But they were like super old like plastic figures that were like probably 100 years old. Yeah. I don't know, but.
1: Yeah, like post-war, it's like the very, very first plastic action figures this yeah. guy has them.
0: Man, and he, uh, he wanted to talk about them. They will, oh, yeah. will want to say, and he gets out a big book, like a, a three-ring binder of like even the old advertisements for them. He's like, check this out, check this out. And I finally got this one. This one, <laughs> this oh, one yeah. was cast in clear plastic instead of green plastic, and so it's more valuable. Uh, I, what, that's what I love is like I used to say like everybody's a nerd. Don't even use that that word just for people that love movies or comic books. Like let's call sports fanatics sports nerds or you're a car nerd or you're a travel nerd. <laughs> uh, if you're excited about something, you, you, you drill down really deep into that thing. And I just think that's – it's fun to hear somebody at a party, even if it's a topic you don't care about, get really excited about it. So like – you're you're putting these together, but do you still collect? Do you still like? Can you resist not going
1: home with a bunch of stuff in your car? Um, it's hard. It's I mean, it's it, I'm harder to to shop for because uh, I have a lot of stuff, right? <laughs> so finding something that I don't have, you know, becomes an issue. But like what's your white whale right now? That if you saw it, you'd be like, I gotta get it. Um, there's a there's a line of toys called Shogun Warriors that came out in the late 1970s, and they were Japanese imports. They're really the precursors to Transformers. Uh-huh. Uh, when U.S. companies started going to Japan to start importing their toy lines to the U.S. market, this was one yeah. of those early, early uh, experimentations uh, where they took uh, characters like uh, Mazinger, Z, uh, and Dragoon and all these uh, – Different Japanese properties and put them under one banner called Shogun Warriors, and then Marvel licensed a comic book. Marvel did a wow. comic book series. Were these and, figures? I think I've seen you post pictures. Like they're big. Yeah, the the big robot, big plastic robots. They're very recognizable. Uh, yeah. Like people, they don't know what they are, but they recognize the, these robots. Yeah. Um, and so I'm trying to get every single one that's been that was ever made in the U.S.
0: Collect them all, as they yeah. say in the ads.
1: Exactly. <laughs> And so there's a few pieces that I I know I'm going to have to spend big bucks, you know, the yeah. final pieces I need for the collection. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, I would go, every year when I would go to Comic-Con, I would be like, I would kind of look for what is the thing that is trending this year that like when I walked around and saw cosplay, I would say one particular year, lots of pirates. Another year, lots of Ghostbuster yeah. jumpsuits. Yeah. Are you seeing anything even now this year as like Pokemon on the rise? As, what is on the rise right now that you see?
1: Um, I'm interested. Uh, our last show, our most recent show, was near Austin, and we had a ton of kids coming in looking for Pokemon. It was like one of the most requested things. Wow, because
0: yeah. they because they also got to catch them all. Yeah, they um, what a lot of a lot of people on this show that I talk to, I, I talk about you love collecting and you love going to cons, and then it's like, but what? Where, where did you turn it? Where you're like, I'm going to go through all the annoying details to run my own conventions to like, like this is what. This is basically what you do all the time now. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it wasn't always that way. Like, you love movies. You pitch movies. You're writing stuff. Mm-hmm. But what made you want to, like, go through all the trouble of, of like, putting this together?
1: Um, I think it really the, – the concept behind collecting, bringing the stuff to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if I get all these dealers to bring me the stuff, then I can shop in my own, like – Kind of private, you know, <laughs> showroom. You get first dibs today yeah, while I get we're walking to see around. Everything first, you know. Yeah. So that that's kind of a selfish, the selfish side of it. But um, I just enjoy it. Again, uh, I'm not going to put on a show that's not collector centric. I that's just my thing.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it means a lot. Like you know what makes a good convention, what makes a good con- exhibit hall as a fan, and now you're kind of like feeding it to the next generation of fans. Like, do you see? Do you see mostly older people, or mostly men, or do you see a lot of kids, or what do you?
1: Is it is? Well, because I've been going to cons myself, you know, uh, since I was a kid in the nineteen eighties, um, it was very heavily guys, you know, just guys. Yeah. Uh, but it is—it's really changed. Uh, the, the The geek and nerd culture is much broader now. Yeah. Like little kids are into it. Uh, you know, women are into it. A lot of the cosplayers are female.
0: Genre genre stuff is now mainstream, and and nerd culture stuff is kind of main cultures, main pop culture. Yeah, though. it's
1: the it's the main culture. You're right. It's it's totally shifted. It it, it didn't used to be that way at all. I mean, <laughs> I remember the Batman movie, the '89 Burton Batman film, seemed to like change things. Yeah, that seemed like the beginning of because. You couldn't find Batman t-shirts before then, but after that movie came out, everybody, every department store had Batman t-shirts, Batman shoes, (laughs) and I thought it was heaven. I mean, at that time, I thought this is the greatest thing that's ever happened because I can go into any store and I can buy a Frank Miller Dark Knight Return shirt, which is like crazy. Yeah. You know, you yeah. have to go to a specialty shop. Well, I was just telling
0: that. you, like, when I started going to Comic Con probably 10 years ago, my teeny tiny little baby sons, when they were like three and five, I don't know why their favorite characters were Ant Man and Black Panther. Yeah. So I, I don't even know why. I don't even know where they saw them because we weren't really a big comic book family. And so, they would ask me to find an Ant-Man T-shirt or a Black Panther T-shirt at Comic-Con. And I was like, guys, I remember saying, there's no T-shirts for these. These are the most <laughs> obscure characters ever. Yeah. And to be standing here now, sitting here with you and thinking, well, uh, they're making their second and third movie yeah, of these characters. Yeah, yeah. Big, huge movies. Of course you can buy a Black Panther T-shirt now. Yeah, um, You can buy a T-shirt of just about anything now. But like, so, so it was only like the main character's. Uh, in, in that Comic-Con world so it's really it's kind of exploded into all parts of our culture now
1: yeah um, yeah and the Spider-Man uh, the, the same Raimi you know the first one yeah. kind of brought all that back like it had died down you know Batman brought all the comic book films back and you kind of ended up with the Shadow and the Phantom kind of bombing and yeah. then that was the end of that run uh, Mystery Men. Yeah. Oh, Mystery Men. <laughs> Which I still love. I have, yeah. I have an autographed uh, DVD by the the director.
0: Wow. <laughs> Soon the DVD will become a collectible. Yeah. It'll be like holding up a cassette to your kids.
1: Yeah, I know. It's like yeah. But uh, who this- has
0: an autographed VHS box? I bet that's fun to to show people now.
1: I do. I yeah. have. Yeah. Of course you do. Um, but you know when Sp- I was at Comic Con the year uh, San Diego, the year that that movie came out, yeah. What 2003 or whatever. And there was another kind of sea change. That's that's the origin of Hall H and all the big you know actors and stars coming out to the San Diego con. It all started that that year
0: uh, of that Spider Man film.
1: Yeah, yeah, that, that changed. That, that brought it all back.
0: Well, it all comes down to money. I mean, just people would go on dates and go see a movie like that, and people would spend their money on shirts and lunch boxes and like it. It just, I think that's. It just Maybe it is also that Like the 12 year old boy Of the 80s Is now the 40 or 50 year old guy Of now You're right And those are the executives Making the decisions Those are the marketing people For Target Uh, I don't know And they're raising Their kids on it Like It's fun to make a reference Like I used to do a lot I I mean I still do stand up But when I would do stand up I could still like Make references To Scooby Doo Or Yoda Or just something Like oh my gosh a, A six year old Still knows what that is Yeah but yet I know what that is, and yeah. that's like a real nice connector. Ninja Turtles, there yeah. will always be a – when somebody says, you hear they're making a new Ninja Turtles, I'm like, of course they are because they're doing it every three years. Yeah, um, you worked
1: on one, didn't
0: you? Yeah. Oh, I did, an animated one. Uh, I, I think that was a pretty fun one. And they just keep taking different shapes and sizes. Well, now that we have uh, – and I was saying now that we have the multiverse uh, concept, it's like even when uh, actors get recast, don't get mad. Yeah. It's just an alternate Earth.
1: Yeah 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 crossover you know different franchises can cross over, and that happens in the comic books too. I mean, I think the first one that was kind well, of they like- did it
0: first right, I mean like crossing people over.
1: Well, in comic books, uh, I remember the big, big one was uh, when Dark Horse Comics brought Alien and Predator together for a comic right. book, and it was like, oh, that was like mind blowing because he <laughs> wanted those two characters. He wanted
0: those. That's like something to, you would do in a sandbox as a kid. Like, yeah. what if these two fought each other?
1: Yeah, and I think they kind of opened that door up to you know popular characters in different universes kind of meeting up with each other. And, yeah, and I think Hollywood, you know, took note. I think Dark Horse kind of kind of drove that in a a weird way yeah
0: do you think there's uh, there's certain franchises like people have a lot of opinions about the Star Wars franchise that it's oversaturating itself that that we're going to get Star Wars fatigue but as you say we remember the 90s yeah where you'd be like walking the desert wastelands just looking for a reference yeah to Star Wars anywhere and you were kind of a true nerd to even like Star Wars at that yeah, time. Yeah, it was
1: dead. It was totally dead. I, I, I the last year I got a Star Wars toy for Christmas was 1983, the year that Return of the Jedi came out, and I was too old. <laughs> yeah, I, I was, you know, I was like eight years old when the first movie came out. I think I was like 13 or something. You know, in junior high when the third one. You know, yeah. came out. Something, yeah. something like that. Yeah. And by that time, you know, you were into like BMX bikes and skateboards or whatever. But I was still getting Star Wars toys, you know, that, that last Christmas. But um, I kept, I was still into it. I was reading, you know, the novels that came out. Yeah. The, the role-playing game. You know, I was still into it.
0: Are but- you more uh, Star Wars or Star Trek or are you just kind of, are you bipartisan?
1: Yeah, I love it all. I, I started on Star Trek, of course. I'm, I'm the right age for the reruns. When the Star Trek hit syndication in the early 70s, I was probably, you know, four or five. Do you think, uh, yeah, and
0: I, I don't know that I've, I haven't heard any Star Trek fatigue, but man, how many series, how many spinoffs, how many cartoons, it's really, really ramping up for them. Yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess we'll know. I guess the fans will tell us when it's too much.
1: Yeah, I I like it. I mean, I like I even like, you know, Picard, you know, coming back. I'm like, has right. he been at all, you know, the last 20 years?
0: <laughs> right. Well, and now that we've introduced kind of like, not only is there a narrative of like, where, whether you follow the Star Wars timeline or whatever the timeline is of your characters, now we can like actually dip back down into, oh, this actually, this Obi-Wan series, this is in the middle of the timeline. Yeah. We found this... 20 year gap that we can fit another story in.
1: Oh and I love it. I'm looking forward to it and and I think it's real fan service uh because I read the original Marvel comic series that came out in between the films. Right. And they would they do flashback comics like there 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 were like there's a Marvel comic that goes back into Ben Kenobi before star wars there's a marvel comic that has an adventure of luke before star wars yeah so i was already that concept had been introduced to by those those comic books and so to me this is like that coming to life yeah in a series i like it man
0: a whole lot happens on tatooine for it being the yeah the (laughs) the farthest (laughs) deadest planet in the universe we, we there's certainly it's a, certainly a hotbed of exciting stuff happening for yeah, the one more a, series.
1: It's not a Star Wars film unless they, they go to Tatooine at some point. Uh,
0: there's just it's something not. about space people in the desert. <laughs> we just have to find another desert planet. Like <laughs> yeah. I guess Jakku was kind of a desert planet, but we're like yeah and it looks just like Tatooine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just another desert. Just,
0: yeah. Well so so I am watching people set up for the for the um, convention and that we're here i'm here with uh, scott we're just catching up and it's a friday afternoon and uh what do you have to do you've you've pulled all these people together are you just watching everybody set up and seeing if anybody has any problems or
1: yeah i mean i i never know what's going to pop up you know like uh, today some some you know thing didn't get shipped by the printer in time uh, so i'm gonna have to go to uh, kinko's and make my own stuff you know stuff like oh, that gosh. yeah just, yeah you, you never know. I mean, I've had all kinds of things happen. Well,
0: and you have we, – well, what I haven't touched on is um, cele- celebrities or people – You know, maybe they're not celebrities in, in the most traditional sense that like your mom and dad would know right now. <laughs> but people that have been a part of our lives on all our TV shows and all our movies, you have a lot of personalities coming in that are going to sign autographs. When do those people show up? What do you have to do to accommodate? Uh, Dirk Benedict is here. Yeah, Dirk Benedict. Battlestar Galactica, guys. The face man from A-Team. You guys know him so what do you have to do to prepare for that
1: uh it it depends most of the people i work with um i work with people that i have experience with or my partner has experience with so we work with nice people Uh (laughs) that people are you know i was amazing how you tell me most of these people handle their own business yeah some of them do yeah Ah. yeah some have agents some don't um
0: you said flash gordon himself called you on your phone sam jones yeah your phone is ringing, and your wife says, "I think it's Sam Jones."
1: Yeah, she doesn't know. She just said, "Who's <laughs> Sam Jones?" And I'm like, "There's only one Sam Jones. <laughs> Trust me. I answered the phone. You know, I knew who it was going to be."
0: Did you answer like Hawkman and go, "Flash, I
1: said, yeah, I don't know come to I the con"? <laughs> 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 Who's that guy, Brian? Uh, Brian Bla- Blessed. Yeah, Blessed. Yeah. You ever had him? No, uh, no, I just saw a photo of him and Sam. I guess somebody just put out some new Flash Gordon toys Uh and brought the two of them in to Uh the showroom with the figures and everything. It was a cool, cool picture. But uh, no, I'd love to have. See, I love the retro guests, um, you know, the guys that were on the 80s and uh, TV show, 80s and 90s stuff. And to me, that's just cool. Those are my favorite shows.
0: Well, there's something more fun about meeting a very niche celebrity that you're like, oh my gosh, it's Dwight Schultz, it's Howlin' Mad Murdoch from the A-Team. And I, I, I would guess that they, you said, there was a period of time where the, some of these people would come to these conventions and it was kind of sad, or yeah. they would feel like this is the end of the road for me, and that that culture has kind of changed, that, that, that expectation has changed.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can remember you know going to cons in the 90s, and so, some of the older you know, folks were bored and sitting alone, and no one was talking to them, they had a grumpy look on their face. And now when I go to shows, they're pretty busy. It's like I don't know. I guess the 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 power of nostalgia compels you. You know, people, <laughs> you know, people want to go and talk to these people and ask them. And and a lot of these people are now experts on their show. Yeah. Like, oh wow. You know what I mean? Like the, that that old joke, you know, where Shat, you know, Shatner gets a- asked a question about what happened in episode, you know, fifty seven. Yeah. There's a know?
0: very popular Saturday Night Live sketch yeah, where he goes off on the Yeah, get,
1: get a life, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> But now, you know, now they're like, they, they know all the trivia. And, and in fact, and in some cases, they've written books about, you know, the series itself.
0: Well, really, to honor the actor, I mean, I'm a writer, you're a writer, we create the characters, but honestly, then they, we hand it over to an actor and they kind of take over, like, well, uh, what's my, what, 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 would, uh, what would Starbuck be doing? Uh, what would he have for breakfast? Yeah. Um, you know, they, they kind of go through their own kind of filling out of the character, so they should be able to sit and talk to a fan about, like, yeah, yeah, um, it's hard to fly a Viper. Uh, you've got this yeah. control stick. I mean, I wonder yeah. if they come up and say, uh, <laughs> so, uh, Starbuck, uh, what's the fastest you've ever flown that Viper? He'd be <laughs> like, I don't know, it's a model. I sat in a chair in a, in a, in a hot studio in front of a green screen. But I, I think that people... The older we get and the more that, that you know, it started with DVDs having behind-the-scenes documentaries. Like, everybody's so savvy now about how things are made and what green screen looks like. Like I,
1: Yeah.
0: Well, as I was a kid, that was like magic. That, yeah. was like, that was like the magician pulling back the curtain. Yeah. And now it's like kind of everybody knows. There's stuff on YouTube, the funny things of like superheroes jumping off of Apple boxes in front of green screens yeah. of all our favorite actors doing that. So now I think when you meet the actors, I hope there's – there was such a reverence for celebrity when I was growing up. And now it's like we see Instagram of them, like, on the beach and stuff. And I, I can't imagine Frank Sinatra taking a selfie of himself as he walks out of a Starbucks. Yeah. But uh, maybe there's more of a connectedness to those stars. So now when people walk in, I don't know. There, there, there seems to be a, a warmer connection to these old stars.
1: Yeah, and, and more time has passed. I mean, you know, we're, you know, we're talking 20 years ago when you're talking about the, tw- the 90s now or more. Uh, 30 years ago, right? Yeah. So, you know, maybe maybe the thing is that they're impressed that people are still into it. Yeah. Like, that show's 40 years old and you're still, like, a super fan of it. Okay, you, yeah. know, you know, like Well, pe- respect or people something.
0: People can hate the reboot, the term reboot, or they're remaking it again. There are no new ideas. But I think there should be new original content. But, but the thing about rebooting things is that now uh, my kids – Discover it in a new way And that old actor Can actually talk to my kids Like my kids are aware Of the original Star Trek They're aware That when Han Solo Steps into The Force Awakens He's been through 30 years of making These movies And there is something Special about mm-hmm. the that, that that connection Of like We just keep remaking And re, we polish up The old thing and, and put a new thing A new cover on it mm-hmm. And there's something Kind of neat About passing that on To yeah. your kids
1: Yeah yeah there there's definitely a lot of kids uh at our shows that are that are really into still into Star Wars which is an old you know quote unquote old property. Yeah. But it's new to them. I mean yes. they just saw the new uh Mandalorian episode or or Book right. of Boba Fett episode and to right. them it's new. It,
0: it refreshes the world a little bit. So even if these these aging stars are were a part of that world, they're a part of the that's special that they are. Yeah. I mean I met I met somebody she's now like a, a a productionist, uh, uh, an associate producer on something. She was she was working in the Disney building, and a friend of mine said, "You got to shake her hand." She was a Jawa oh. when she was eight. Yeah, because her her father is Gary Kurtz, yeah, and everybody was encouraged to bring their kids to the set so they could all be Jawas. And so I'm shaking this grown woman's hand, and I'm like, "That's cool to me too." I don't yeah. have to meet the star of the show or the star of the movie because like meeting a Jawa is pretty cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I'm, I'm fascinated by that because I, I want to ask them questions, you know, like, what was it like being on set? You know, cause it's, it's like your window. It's like your eye into that, into that world. Like, what was it like? You always wonder, but if you talk to somebody that's not a big star, yeah. their perspective is going to be closer to your perspective yeah. on, on that. You know, what, what was interesting about it to you? Right. Like that kind of a thing.
0: Who is a, who's your personal favorite that you've gotten to bring in to a, a convention? that you had a personal connection to. It doesn't even have to be somebody that famous.
1: Uh, it probably was Sam Jones. I, I was a big fan of the Flash Gordon. I saw it when it came out in yeah. theaters for my birthday. It came out around the time of my birthday. And my parents took me and a bunch of other kids uh, to, to go see that movie. And I loved it. And, and of course, you know, later I found out that people thought it was a bad movie or whatever. And I, I, I didn't get that at all. Yeah. I thought it was. Amazing. It's
0: gone through its phase of like I get now what they were trying to do. Yeah. They were trying to make it look yeah. kind of cheese ball. It kinda of, like they wanted to make it look like the old artwork yeah. from the old comics. Right. And I think it did go through this 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 phase of like everybody thought it stunk. And now that I know hardcore fans. Taika Waititi, he's a he's a hardcore fan. Yeah. A lot of big filmmakers. I think the Russo brothers are, are hardcore fans of that movie. And and I watched it with my kids. My son was like This is the best movie ever Like we He got it Like it is It is It's leaning into An aesthetic That is Not hyper real
1: It is Over the top And I think One of the The Batman television Episode writers Wrote it Lorenzo Uh, Simple Junior I think is his name so that gives you a clue as to what they were trying. You know, it was like, let's do it like the old Batman TV show kind yeah. of thing. Real campy.
0: It's very campy and arch. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I, I just, I loved it to death. It was one of those movies, you know, that I went back to the theater to watch and, you know, would beg my parents to, you know, spend a couple more dollars to take me back to see it. And then it died. There wasn't a, a big toy line. There wasn't all the, sp- the, the spinoffs and all that kind of stuff, the sequels, et cetera, et cetera and then you know the movie Ted you know came out yeah. and they brought kind of brought you know Sam Jones back and it
0: and seems re- to be a popular thing with a lot of these broad comedies is to take some old star like Neil Patrick Harris plays himself in Harold and Kumar yeah yeah and i think that was a huge boost to his brand his persona even though he's playing a terrible version of himself yeah now to sam i can't remember the scene in Ted but like sam ends up like in a bar fight or he ends up punching a bunch of people
1: yeah yeah and he's uh he's kind of What's interesting about him was he's like Flash Gordon in real life. He he played himself in, the, in that movie. Yeah. You know, and he he doesn't have like a big, you know, he didn't do a lot of, you know, films. Like he's kind of just he's just Flash Gordon. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he loves it and he still he still, you know, loves to talk about it. He's not tired of it, you know.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. You got to spend kind of the afternoon with him? Yeah,
1: I got to hang out with him and and it was it was great, you know. I, I you always worry. I'm always a little bit nervous. You know that someone's going to be a jerk or whatever. Yeah. And, and he wasn't. He was totally cool, and he loved the fans. He loved to talk to little kids. Loved to talk to adults. He was real outgoing. And the first time I met him was at San Diego Comic Con, probably 15 years ago. Wow. And the way I met him, he called me across the room. He's like, "Hey, hey, where are you going?" Why Career. Did he know who you were? No, no, because I was just walking through, and no one was paying any attention to him. He goes, you know who I am. <laughs> and so I walked Did he through. have, like,
0: a boombox with Queen playing on it, and he would just hit the button every once in a while? Flash! Come on over.
1: Yeah, and so I walked over and met him, and, and he, he just, like, he just wanted someone to talk to, and it was really great. And I, I brought that story up when I, I saw him a couple months ago, and he goes, oh, he goes, yeah, those... He goes, where they put you in San Diego is just terrible. It's just no one there, it's just boring. You know?
0: <laughs> That's he really did. That was real fan engagement. He was about to jump over the table to to talk to you. Yeah. Oh there my you gosh. Know
1: who I am. Come over here. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. That's great. That's great. Well, I know you have uh, you have a lot of details to think about. I'm I'm really glad you were able to to sit down uh, with me. Um, and, yeah, and I hope you find something. I hope you find something to take I home. I I find something, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I saw a Rocketeer helmet, but it's uh, it's like $700. Yeah. I can't do that. Can't do it. <laughs> Maybe if I asked to try it on and then I just run out of the room. Yeah, I but probably get away with things. There's low visibility in those things, so I'd probably run into a wall. Um, well, good luck this weekend. Thank you. And is there um uh, you're still writing, right? You're still kind of creating and writing.
1: Yeah, I've been. Uh, I, I produced a little uh, but low budget film called uh, Game Chasers. Yes, Adventures we should in game talk chasing. about that.
0: That's an amazing story with those guys. Yeah, I got to meet them. Yeah. And
1: uh, um, I'm fans of theirs. They're they're YouTubers, and they do like an American Pickers for video games kind of is yeah. their stick, and they've been doing it for ten years now. And so I just started watching their videos because they're real. Yeah. They, they go out and find nothing and they just film them finding nothing. <laughs> and I thought that was cool because I at the same time I was working on uh, some year I started in 2015 working on that Mark Hamill show. Pop Culture it's Quest. It took that yeah. long to get it you know on the air. But um, I was working on that show and watching their show. And I knew I couldn't do their show because you can't. That's the thing about, you know, the, the bigger budget, you know, television is you can't afford to go out and film nothing. Right. You know, it just doesn't. That's why, you know, shows like American Pickers and Storage Wars, you hear stories behind the scenes about how they're salted. You know, the, yeah. You, you, you kind of have to pre-select where you're going and know yeah, you're going to have an interesting And, and, and know that things are there. You know, the producers have been there and they may even add something to the scene. Yeah. You know, like, uh let's see, this is pretty cool, but it needs something more. And let's bring this thing in that wasn't here. Uh, you know, so that's why I like their show. It's just real. And so you start kind of following the characters more than what they're doing. Yeah, You, you yeah. kind of watch them. And those
0: two guys, t- tell me their names again because... Billy and Jay. But what's their last names?
1: Uh, it's... Chaser? Billy, Billy, Chaser, and Jay Hunter.
0: Their names are Chaser and Hunter. And I'm like, no, they're not. When I learned that, it's like, oh, are they friends with, like, Johnny Finder and... Uh, <laughs> yeah william collector bowl they they
1: were kind of already characters in in the youtube series and then and then when they wanted to do a movie they had raised their own their own funds they had done a kickstarter and they had like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars or something which isn't a lot of money but uh they wanted to do their origin story yeah it's kind of a
0: bill and ted look for a video game yeah it's and then they, had, then they brought in effects people that they knew. Were you, were you connecting them with effects people? No,
1: no. They had already the, – the people that the, – the pros that worked on the movie were fans of, of the Man. YouTube. They did it. They offered their services for free or donated their time uh, to these because they watched the show.
0: Yeah, that's an amazing message to anybody who's working on something creative. Like the more you put yourself out there, even in a small way, if people find each other out on the internet. Yeah. They just found each other and like the fact that – like the first – Five six minutes of that movie. I oh, mean, it's, yeah. it's pretty much a low budget movie. People on on really low budget basic locations. But the first five minutes of the movie are like,
1: yeah, it's this amazing. It looks <laughs> like
0: it looks like a scene out of out of Star Wars. Yeah. It really does. Yeah, yeah, and
1: that uh, and, and this
0: fantasy and, sequence. Yeah,
1: yeah. The the effects guy Yoshi has worked on Mandalorian and uh, the the Star Wars feature films.
0: The only bummer is like you don't get any of that in the rest of the movie. Right, so right. drink it in. Yeah, yeah, this is the big the big beginning.
1: Yeah, and that was fun, but they they came to me, they already had their budget and they had a script and I was terrified to read their script and I thought, "Oh boy, this is going to be bad." But it wasn't. It was they had a they had a cool story they had they had created an origin story that was based on yeah. reality. You know, they just kind of juiced it up a little bit, yeah. and, you know, but it was a, it's really the story, you know, his his grandpa really did die and he really did buy them this video game system wow. when they were kids. And so it's all based on something.
0: That's great. Don't spoil it all. Yeah. But they, people can go out. You guys can go out and find Game Chasers. Um, do you, I, I wonder if, because you're still a writer and a creator and you're still grabbing onto ideas, that you might see something at this convention. Not necessarily, obviously, this is a room full of IP that you can't get a hold of without <laughs> a lot of money. But, like, if you see, an IP means intellectual property for those. Uh, that Maybe that's too inside baseball. But but everybody's chasing IP, but you might see an interaction here. You might see a game chaser-sized interaction of like, or like – or get an idea just from seeing how people, I don't know, react to this kind of sci-fi stuff or this fantasy stuff. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, it gives you some insight as to what what draws people to certain things, you know, and some of it's art. I mean some toys, people don't collect it because of the property. They collect it because they, they view it as a piece of art.
0: mm yeah. And it's not like you see a table full of Pokemon and go, well, I should write a Pokemon movie. But you, s- sometimes I look at it and I go, what is it about Pokemon that has sustained all these generations of fans? Or what is it about Godzilla? Or what is it about giant monster movies? And then I'll suddenly go home and come up with a monster movie idea <laughs> yeah. that I didn't expect because I've been immersed in it all day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. it It is inspiring, I think.
0: Now, I, I have to ask more Mark Hamill collectible stuff. He's such a collector. But what was – what is it like – you said he loves Beatles – he loves uh he loves a good godzilla figure doesn't he
1: yeah he's he's in love with Godzilla he um, went to high school in japan his his father was in the navy wow, so he was stationed in Japan during his high school years and went gaga over godzilla <laughs> and so he has carried that love you know his entire life and when we got to work together on an episode about Godzilla, it was it was so much fun because he, his eyes light up, you know, <laughs> he gets excited when you bring a Godzilla toy yeah. and he picks it up. And I, I, I brought my, uh, 1979, uh, Mattel Shogun Warriors Godzilla. It's like about 24 inches tall, wow. very popular toy. It's iconic people. When they see a photo of it, they know what it is. I brought it to set from home. And he immediately takes it from me and, <laughs> and pushes the button and fires the fist off across the room. And, of course, scuffed the paint on the fingernails. Oh, geez. It, it, but I didn't care because Mark Hamill, it's Mark Hamill scuffed now. Yeah. So Can you like,
0: autograph this scuff, Mark? Yeah. And he says, that'll be
1: $280. You know, but but it's so funny. I'm such a nerd that it, 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 when he first did it, I was like, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You're like, please, not the paint. Yeah, I should have, you know, I should have berated him and he's like had a meltdown or something. Yeah, if he's a true
0: collector, he he probably should have been like, oh, dude, sorry about the paint. Here's a here's a signed Luke figure. Um, it's funny he probably doesn't collect a lot of Star Wars stuff.
1: Uh, he does. Um, I mean he he was given one of everything. Well, there you go. Uh, and he let his kids play with a lot of the toys. He he kept some. He said r- original in the packages, but he said some of the stuff he let his kids open and play with. Yeah. Howard did the same. He got one of everything, and I sold some of Howard's collection uh, for him later. But wow, um, but Mark kept you know kept all that stuff. But he also kept like his boots from Oh my a, gosh, a New Hope. Uh, he kept a belt and a holster. Yeah. Uh, and he kept the mask that George Lucas gave him, which was the rejected prototype Chewbacca mask. Oh, wow. The, I guess the original Chewbacca mask looked too scary. He had like sharp teeth or, or I can't remember what it was. <laughs> Ter- just little, terrified children everywhere. Yeah, just a little bit scarier face. And, oh, wow. and so he decided to go a different direction, more like a dog. And yeah. so Mark kept, he has that.
0: Wears <laughs> yeah. it on Halloween. He answers yeah. the door and hands out candy and the terrifying Chewbacca prototype.
1: But he, he, you know, Mark, um, he kept. He's got a lot of his stuff in storage, um, and we w- we're hoping someday, down the road, to actually do an episode or a special or something where we actually go to his storage unit and like just film him like <laughs> opening totes and going. Oh, I remember this.
0: Oh, here are my boots. Here are my Jedi boots. That would be so cool. But
1: he's he's really into the stuff, and so it's not fake. You don't have to like all you, to prompt him to do anything is just show him something. Yeah and that's it he'll go off he can spend 30 minutes just like talking about you know well and i like i'm
0: i'm a i'm a fan of his i know who he is but you were telling me you you got him to do this show which was mainly on it was just online right it's an online show mm-hmm. and uh you got him just before force awakens
1: yes <laughs> yeah c- lucky timing um he agreed to do the show as a producer and also you know to be on screen talent uh to be the host but he didn't really want to host the show he's like i kind of just want to do it you know because i enjoy it yeah he said let's get another host some a better host and of course star wars happened again in, yeah in the midst of all this stuff and it was like there's no one else that can do this everyone wants to hear you talk about collectibles yeah. yeah you know so well
0: you're looking more and more jedi as the years go by like you've kept the beard and the hair has just gotten longer and longer and longer <laughs> yeah. and you're like this bearded uh it's it's a little Jesus and a little Jedi. Yeah, yeah. You're not. You never dress up though, do you?
1: Uh, no, I, d- I did. I have d- done a couple cosplays. I did Obi Wan Kenobi, where I I can see that. Yeah, oh, yeah. I you know painted <laughs> my beard gray. It's now graying naturally. <laughs> right? And uh, soda, a little cape or a you know hood or whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't do a lot of cosplay.
0: I uh, I we talked about like niche things that only a few people know. Like one of my favorite cosplays at Comic Con was I saw a bigs dark lighter. Biggs yeah. Darklighter. You guys can just Google that. If you don't know who he is, then you don't know. It's like a dude in a mustache, and he's yeah. like got a powder blue tunic on I'm Like, Biggs. I had to take a picture. And uh, he was really excited that I knew who he was. Yeah. It's like my kids went out trick-or-treating as uh, the two characters from Over the Garden Wall, if you've seen that series. Nobody on Trick-or-Treat knew who they were, but they were so proud. They were really good replicas of these two main characters. They're two brothers in the show. And then, you know, then some car drives by and kids hang out the window going, over the garden wall! And it, would like, made their night. Yeah. So it's really not about the most people knowing what you're cosplaying. It's, it's that those special fans know. Yeah. You know. I've never done it, though. I, it always – too many comic cons – too many cons happen in the summer and I'm, like, too hot.
1: Yeah, that's, that's really the reason why I don't really do it. It's, it's like, hot and – it's and you know It's commitment Yeah, yeah. I
0: was uh, Yeah like I was in San Diego I'm crossing the street To go into the convention center And I see two Planet of the Apes apes They're the vintage Planet of the Apes And it's full makeup And everything And I took a picture And I was like Hey awesome guys But I'm thinking They're in that all day Yeah They woke up at 6am Yeah Put that on they got to stand at the urinal looking like that. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. got to check their phone messages oh, looking yeah, like that.
1: Yeah. At one of my shows, um, I, I actually had to help a, a guy put his uh, scout trooper. He had a really nice scout trooper uh, outfit on from Return of the Jedi. And uh, he wanted me to go in the bathroom with him and help him put it on and then, of course, take it off. And I thought, well, this is, this is new. But, uh, you know, whatever it takes to keep the show going. You <laughs> Yikes.
0: Can you, can you help me with my cod piece? Yeah. No. No, I cannot. <laughs> You should be trained at the Stormtrooper Academy with how to put this stuff on. Yeah, and yeah all.
1: some of the cosplay t- takes two people, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, because a lot of the costumes on that you see in movies, you're like, they're not really pragmatic. Like, how does Spider-Man pee? We don't know. Yeah. It, it probably takes a while.
1: Yeah, the zipper's in the back, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Figure that out. Maybe his anatomy changed when he got bit by a spider and, uh, you know, things are different yeah, down again, there. I the don't know. Side. Oh, okay. Well, I know, I know, you, I know you're busy. Uh, 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 wow. I always like to get a good story. Do you, do you have? You don't have to name names, but do you have like a nightmare, a convention nightmare story? Is there anything that maybe, maybe I'm going to call up some trauma for you? But like, what was like the toughest day you had pulling together a convention or or, or getting a celebrity? Well, I, I where haven't needed- had any
1: like really really bad scenarios. That, usually, um, in the like the convention business, the things that are nightmares for promoters are cancels, ah. uh, you know, when a celebrity, you know, that you've been promoting for months can't make it or, and it, it, it happens, um, you know, where they, they're actually shooting a film ah. and the schedule changes. Yeah. So the weekend that you had them booked, they're going to be filming that weekend. And what's the contingency plan for that? Have them back later.
0: You, you do your best Sam Jones. Yeah. We right?
1: try and replace them with somebody else last minute, you know, and, Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. Do you have
0: angry fans for that? Yes,
1: you do. You get people that are, oh, I was just coming for that person, you know. And you say, but that person is off making more stuff for you to love. Yeah, yeah. They're going to have a new movie out, which (laughs) is cool, you know. They're like, I don't care. I probably won't like it. (laughs) It better be an Aliens movie. Do you ever have a (laughs) –
0: you don't have any panels here, do you? Do you ever have any debates?
1: We are starting in July. Our next show here in Plano is July 16th and 17th. So you'll be hearing this podcast probably after this show. But our next one in Plano – Retroexpo.com is where you can find out about it, but we're going to have Lee Majors. Oh, yeah, and Lindsey Wagner, uh, Aaron Gray. Um, so we're going to have awesome some. Now, cool now Lee
0: Majors, years. he's going to cost six million
1: dollars. Yes, you got exactly. that kind of money? Yes. Yeah. Show that <laughs> six million. Now he, uh, from what I understand, he's another great guy. Fans love him. He's really good with people. Um, but I just I have never met him. So to me, that's just like another. You know, yeah. check off the list of the guys that I want to That's a good bucket meet. list yeah. uh, celeb yeah. from, your, from your childhood. Yeah.
0: And uh, you can ask him uh, how all the bionics work, and I'm sure he knows. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he's got the blueprints. Yeah. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. so he has the – remember the toy had, you know, the, the bionics on the arm or whatever. You could open the panel on his arm. Yeah. I, always, <laughs> I remember there was like,
0: like his bionic eye. There was a hole in the back of the, the figure's head. So you yeah. could look through his head
1: yeah. and
0: look out his eye which I guess
1: that's helping me recreate bionic vision. Yeah. I I was worried about the
0: hole in his head.
1: I had that toy when I was a kid, of course. And my, my aunt actually got me with like a sick burn. She was (laughs) like, we were watching $6 million man. I was over at my aunt's house and I had the toy with me. You know, he has the hole in the back of his head and, and, uh, Steve Austin was on screen on the TV show, and she goes, where's the hole in the back of his head? And I was like, oh, come on. Yeah, it's just that toy. Sick burn, Ant. <laughs>
0: well, uh, good luck this weekend. And, guys, look out for another uh, uh, retro con that's out there, Expo. Expo or Fest. And you'll probably find Scott walking the aisles. Uh, I always know him as Kid Cosmic because that's, that's how they find you on Twitter. Yeah and you're co- you're always cosmic to me so thanks for uh joining me and, and and good luck with all the uh with all the nerds out there say hi to Starbuck for me
1: I will I will
0: Well that's it that's our show I'd like to thank Scott Kinney and the entire staff of Retro Expo all the vendors there because what happened after I talked to Scott he uh he was so kind he made sure that Uh, My two boys and I had some passes to go the very next Saturday morning. The next morning, we went out there and experienced the expo. Um, We had some pancakes, and then uh, the wife said, you guys go on, you guys have fun. And it was definitely a dad and boys thing. Not that, uh, you know, you might have a daughter that's way into it. My boys had never, ever seen anything like this. And, you know, the last con I was at was the Hong Kong subway system that is San Diego Comic-Con. Um, you are crushed by crowds there And as much as I love it I got a little tired of that And it was refreshing to go to a Midwest con I recommend it And my boys had never been to anything I think my oldest was an infant And I took him in a Boba Fett onesie To Comic Con Thank you very much But when they, when these two kids walked in there Their eyes lit up They recognized the old gaming consoles they, uh, they recognized a wall of Funko Pops They'd never seen before That they were collecting And just got to talk to all these friendly folks at every table people are so friendly there so even if you went like kind of ironically with a smirk on your face you've never been to one of these and you're not really nerdy about it i would go anyway just once and just check it out because you might have a good time you might and i hope you have a good time this week nerding out on whatever you find fun and we will see you next week i'm Corey edwards thanks for stopping by